0: It is not meant to be a substitute for a relationship with a licensed mental health professional. Hey y'all, thanks so much for joining me for session 11 of the Therapy for Black Girls podcast. This week we have an on the couch episode, especially for all you Scandal fans. This week, I am joined by special guest therapist, Leslie Garcia, to talk all about Olivia Pope. So next to Mary Jane Paul from BET's Being Mary Jane... Olivia Pope is the character that I have been most excited to talk with the therapist about in terms of what therapy would look like with her. Um, So if you are a Scandal fan and have been keeping up with the seasons, you know that Olivia presents with a variety of issues that are ripe for um, getting some therapy around. So I'm very excited to share this episode with you today. Even Kerry Washington in a recent interview with Entertainment Weekly said, I really wish that Olivia Pope could find a good therapist. And so that's exactly what we have today. So I'm joined today by Leslie Garcia. She is a licensed clinical social worker who is a first generation American born in New York City to immigrant parents from the Dominican Republic. With a passion for the mental health and wellness for women entrepreneurs, Leslie created counseling space to help women who are struggling behind the scenes with the mental challenges that are often associated with business ownership and professional leadership. With over 15 years of experience in the mental health field, Leslie is dedicated to changing the conversations we have about mental health and educating others on the importance of preventative mental health and mental wellness plans. Leslie has worked in settings that allowed her to serve as an advocate for immigrants, disabled individuals, and for the World Trade Center 9-11 responders. So I hope you'll enjoy this conversation and please share your feedback with us. Thank you so much for joining me today, Leslie.
1: Tell Thank me you um, who
0: me. you chose for us to talk about today.
1: Today, I chose to talk about Olivia Pope, who is the leading actress from the show Scandal.
0: Oh, this should be good. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so for people who may not be familiar with Olivia Pope or Scandal, can you give us a little bit of background on her?
1: Sure, sure. Sure. So Olivia Pope it's a um she's the leading actress of the series Scandal and they call her Liv. She's often referred to as Liv. And Liv is an intelligent, she she's beautiful, independent woman. She's a lawyer who owns a consulting firm. It's like a PR, problem solving, I would say crisis management consulting firm and she works with high-profile clients. Her job is very demanding. She's the CEO. She's the owner of this consulting firm, and it's like I said, it's very demanding, very stressful. Working with high-profile clients, and and she has a very interesting background. I mean, she was raised primarily by her dad because at a young age she lost her mom due to a tragic event, and she had to be raised by her dad. She's an only child, and her dad is a very strict controlling, intimidating man who has no sympathy for mistakes. He's, he he has no uh, he wants no excuses for mistakes. And when he refers to her as his child, his daughter, he would say, I raised you to be a warrior. So I also feel that because of her upbringing, it's very difficult for her to accept some of the mistakes that she's made. And basically, when you see the, the character live, she her her lifestyle is pretty much dictated by her work. She's constantly working and she doesn't really set time for herself to do self-care. You, you hardly see her socializing, going out with friends. It's mostly work most of the time. So that's basically who she is. She's a very busy, independent uh, entrepreneur woman. So
0: there definitely is a lot going on with Liv. Um, so can you tell us about maybe some of the struggles that might lead her to therapy? Some of the things she has going on.
1: Yes. So her traumatic events. I mean, she has several of them. The first one, as far as her childhood, losing her mom at a young age. I would also say, even with her work, she was when she was kidnapped. With when she had to do some type of transaction. This was a while ago where she was kidnapped uh, at work. And also with her job, she's exposed to traumatic events. And there were times where things didn't go as planned when it came to certain clients that she helped with. And it just, it caused lives. So that was also very traumatic. And Liv has a relationship, ongoing relationship with a married man who is the leading actor of the show. His name is Fitz. He's the president of the United States. And that has also been traumatic for a few reasons. It's an unhealthy relationship. Um, I do believe that she has experienced some type of emotional and verbal abuse in a relationship as well. So these are these are some of the traumatic events that I feel would lead her to therapy.
0: Okay. So it sounds like you're very much kind of thinking about her from a trauma kind of a standpoint as being like probably the thing that would most likely bring her to therapy.
1: I agree. That's right. That's right. Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. So if you could then maybe tell us a little bit about any kinds of strategies or techniques you might use with her to kind of work through some of the trauma experiences.
1: That's a good, that's a great question. And I was thinking about that. I would look at her because I always, Think of when I see her, I see some of her her strengths, but I also see her struggles, and I do see the trauma. I do see that she she suffers from anxiety, and one of the techniques I feel would be very helpful for her is what we do mostly, and it's very common in our field is the cognitive behavioral therapy to address some of to address the trauma, to address the the anxiety where. I do feel that most of her mistakes or the trauma that she's experienced, she translates it as as self-blame. She's not very comfortable with accepting mistakes. She's not comfortable with uh, accepting her vulnerability and asking for help. So trying to shift her mindset and how how does she interpret this trauma where it's not her fault, right, where she's not at fault for it. And also how she reacts towards it as well, because she she at times she's very irritable. You can see she's, you know, sometimes anxious on edge. You see her always sipping a glass of wine, which also for me raises a, a red flag. She you always see live drinking wine to, <laughs> to relax and, and unwind. So those are the techniques that that I would use approaching this issue with with her trauma and also with her anxiety.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, and you mentioned it and I I don't think I had even thought about like listing out all of the traumas. But Uh once I heard you list it, there have been a lot of significant ones, you know, namely, um, you know, like her getting kidnapped. I mean, I think we spent an entire season with her um, in captivity in this bunker, so to speak, wherever she was. Um, And then she kind of came out of that kidnapping and then really just never processed it, like really never went back to it and kind of threw herself right back into work. Um, So, you know, I mean, that's kind of a, a very significant level of trauma. Um, Absolutely. So what kinds of things would you maybe do um, to help, you know, like if you were a, a consultant on the show after that season, um, dealing with somebody who has kind of been kidnapped and had a traumatic experience like that, what kinds of things might you do related to that?
1: I mean, I would just allow her to talk about it, just give her the space to talk about it, because as we're talking about it now and looking back at some of the episodes, no one really talked to her about it, right? Her father didn't even give her the space to, to talk about it because it's part of the job, I guess. So just mm-hmm. really looking at the trauma, acknowledging it, and just allowing her to talk about it, what her feelings are, how it affected her, what were her thoughts, because she's never had that opportunity to do so. It was just business as usual. Right. Is that what you're referring to as well? It's just business as usual.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think she mm-hmm. moved into her dad's house for a little while after it happened. Um, but you didn't really ever, like you mentioned, hear them talking about it. Right. Um, and after some time, she kind of just went back to work.
1: She did. She did. And, you know, I also noticed that she reacted. She was also very hypervigilant, Right. And mm. obviously very anxious. And you noticed that her doors have more locks to it. Mm -hmm. In the later seasons, there are more locks to the door. So you could see that it it definitely affected her. You can see that it definitely affected her.
0: Yeah, yeah. So you brought up the um, the issue related to her wine drinking, right? And so yes. it's always this interesting contrast because she has this beautiful, pristine white couch um, with this glass of red <laughs> yes, wine. And in one of the episodes, you did see her <laughs> spill it. I forget. It was one, something was happening. I think somebody was breaking into her apartment or something. And oh, you see wow. that she spilled. I think that's what happened right before she got kidnapped is that she actually spilled the glass of wine on the couch. Um, so related to um, the wine drinking, what yes. would you say um, if you, if she were to come to you around maybe paying attention to the alcohol and maybe other things that she was doing to cope as opposed to working out some of these issues in therapy?
1: Educating her, first of all, um, just highlighting how she copes with stress. I, I would do an assessment, how does she cope with, with stress and even realize when she knows that she is under stress and doing an assessment just to make sure if it's, a dependence where she's dependent and ha- and maybe have an alcohol disorder. So I would educate it, educate her on it, do an assessment and make her realize that possibly, you know, probably, I'm not really sure because it does raise a red flag, but possibly it could be an unhealthy coping mechanism for her since we we tend to see that often with her. And even when guests come to her house, there are times that they'll bring her a glass, uh, a bottle of wine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I don't really see her drinking at work. That's one thing I've noticed when I've seen the episode. She not you don't really see her drinking at work. It's really when she, she's home and she, you know, she she's done for the day and that's that's her way to relax.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, there definitely have been some times I do believe she has an emergency stash in the office, she does,
1: yeah.
0: okay. <laughs> especially, you know, we won't give any spoilers away for the right. most recent episodes. But, um, you know, there definitely has been some stressful things going on in the office recently. And she definitely kind of closed the door and had a glass, okay. um, you know, so. So, yeah, she definitely does drink in the office sometimes, which I think, again, is a is a red flag, right? You know, if you flag, cannot right. even isolate your drinking just to home, um, but even in the office, you're feeling the need to have a drink to kind of manage whatever emotions, your feelings definitely, you know, maybe a cause for concern.
1: OK, so just having it in the office. OK, because I noticed I noticed that mostly at home. So you're right. You're absolutely right. Just in the office and having that stash and having a way for it to to be present, right, having that alcohol or the wine to be present just for these moments to come and she can feel more relaxed because she no- normally when she's under a lot of stress or she is feeling anxious, she's constantly pacing or she isolates right. herself. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, how often would you say that you see someone like live in your practice? So probably not somebody who's been kidnapped by like an international terror group. Um, but, you know, definitely right. there are different Um, traumas that show up in women's lives. Um, So I wonder if you could speak to how often you see um, people maybe like live or with trauma issues in your practice.
1: Mm -hmm. So typically I would see them once a week. There are times, especially if it's very stressful and it's really affecting their quality of life, I would be open to doing twice a week, maybe for the first month or so, but typically once a week. I would see clients to address these issues.
0: Okay. And I know a lot of times with um, trauma work, like one of the first things is working on some kinds of grounding exercises. Can you talk a little bit about what those are and, um, you know, kind of maybe explain that for people who maybe are not in the field?
1: Mm -hmm. So pretty much working with trauma, you just want to make sure that the person is, it's pretty much stable, right? You want to stabilize them because you know that you're going to get into these events and it's going to trigger or re-trigger some of their their symptoms. So you just want to make sure as a mental health professional that they have the resources, that you're educating them about some of the coping skills and and stable them, you know, just making sure and guiding them that they are stable, and capable to revisit the trauma experiences that will be processed during the therapy sessions.
0: Got you. Okay. So really kind of teaching them how to um, stay grounded, which is what That's it's right. called, even in the midst of maybe visiting or revisiting some very difficult situations.
1: That's right. That's right. Got you.
0: Okay. Okay. So you also brought up the um, the situation and the relationship that she has with Fitz. Um, And you describe that as an unhealthy relationship. So what kinds of things do you think she might talk about in therapy related to the relationship with Fitz?
1: I believe some of the topics that would be raised is not even knowing what a healthy relationship is and exploring some of her past relationships. Because to me, when I look at Fitz, he reminds me there are some of his characteristics that resembles her father's characteristics where he can also be very controlling. When he wants to see Liv, he will bring out his servicemen and make sure that she is brought to him. And there are times where if he doesn't get her his way with her, when there are times she wants to end a relationship or have distance in a relationship, he does, makes it very difficult for her to do so as well. So I believe some of the topics that would be brought up is for her not even knowing what it is to be loved, what it is to have a healthy relationship. So I I do believe those would be the common topics that would be presented when working with a client like Liv.
0: Yeah. So you bring up a really good point that I probably had thought about at some point, um, Mm -hmm. but you know, you're reminding me the similarities between her and or Fitz and her dad, um, especially in the control And I think, you know, there is a school of thought that sometimes we end up in relationships with people who are like our parents, um, our other significant others in our lives, and we are attempting to, in some ways, kind of work through whatever we didn't work through with that parent in a romantic
1: relationship.
0: Right, right. So do you think that there may be some of that going on with Liv?
1: I do. I I certainly do because she she doesn't have a long history of dating, right? We don't see or hear much about her social life, her love life at all. Her family, the only family member is pretty much her her dad. So that to me is the the foundation, right? That's the the blueprint that she was given of as far as what it is to to be love and how love is interpreted. And the only person in, in her life who's so-called supposed to care for her and love her.
0: Right. And then, yeah. you know, he, again, like you mentioned, is incredibly controlling and yeah. um, does not give her very much room for mistakes or messing up anything, really.
1: At all. No, none at all. None at all. So, and and that also, I feel because of that upbringing and because he is very stubborn and does not allow for mistakes, I do feel that makes it very difficult for her to even accept some of the mistakes that she's made or even ask for help to show her vulnerability because that was never allowed. It should not be present at all. Yeah. So
0: something that we um, you didn't touch on, but that I think may be important to kind of talk about is the race, the race piece related to Olivia. Um, mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times we see these moments most powerful, powerfully delivered with her dad. Um, so he often has these like amazing soliloquies. He goes on mm-hmm. about um, race. And I think there was one where he talked about raising her to kind of realize she always had to be twice as good um, and, you know, to kind of outperform her white counterparts. Um, right. So how much race-based stress do you think really operates and lives life, even though we may not see it um, on the show?
1: Oh, I do. I do feel, even though it's not, like you said, it's not really overt in the show, but I'm sure it, it plays a big role. Not only, I mean, this is a black person and then a black woman at that in a very uh, high profile position and has a lot of power and, and handling, very high-profile cases where she, she's pretty much changing or saving images of these clients. And so I do feel that it, it plays a very big role in how may, maybe people may not, not take her seriously because of her race or because she, she is a woman. And so as far as, as her being assertive as well, uh, I do feel that we hear that typically when a woman is assertive, it's not being called assertive, right? It's being called. There's another negative description for it. But mm-hmm. as far as her being assertive, she delegates as well. Um, she's a I believe she's a good leader, how she delegates and she believes in her team members. She protects her team members as well. So I, I do believe it plays a role, even though we don't see it um, as far as in the show. It's not obvious, but I'm quite sure it does. Her being um, a black a black woman, pretty much. Right, right. Mm-hmm.
0: So, what are your thoughts about um, some of her friendships? Um, so, you know, it it also is interesting. I think that you don't really see her having any friends outside right. of the people who also work with her and really work for her, right. um, since you know she's kind of the boss. And so, what what would you say about the friendships that she has or the support?
1: And she doesn't have any. I mean, she has a close friendship, well, had a close friendship with with Cyrus. Right. Cyrus is like the the right hand person of the president in previous in previous episodes. But some of the friends, you know, the other characters that she had, it was all pretty much a relationship, a work relationship but someone outside of work I've never I've never seen that maybe I missed that but I've never seen that so it's very limited it's all all of her relationships except for her dad and even with her dad you know it's very work related mm-hmm. so it, that would be that would be an area to explore with her and also encourage her as, as far as having some type of social support which is just not only involved and related to to her job
0: Right. I mean, yeah. it, it does seem like she has a very close relationship with Huck, um, mm-hmm. you know, but but I often wonder, um, you know, because, again, Huck has experienced so much trauma, like yes. how solid the friendship is. I mean, it feels very authentic that they genuinely care about one another. Yes. Um, but I think because they are both dealing with so many kind of traumatic experiences that neither of them has really processed, I wonder like how much they really can be there for one another
1: absolutely absolutely and it, and it's still work related as well in a way huck Protects her. He protects her. And that's one thing about Liv that I found interesting as well, that you know, she has the heart because if you look at the staff members that she she hired, they have questionable backgrounds. Right. <laughs> Whether <laughs> Criminal. They have a criminal background. Um, some had I, I believe there was one who had to change their name and she came out and saved them and believed in them in the strengths that they can offer to to her consulting firm. She's, she's uh, I believe, a strong leader because she allows them to be autonomous in their roles that they have in, in her firm. They all have different strengths. And even when you see them in the conference room, how she would just allow them to just speak on certain cases and express their knowledge and express their thoughts. Um, so I, I see her as a very good leader when it comes to being the CEO of her firm.
0: Right, right. Yeah. So what do you think um, Liv's life might look like after she participated in some therapy and maybe has been able to work through some of the trauma she's experienced?
1: I see her setting some boundaries in her schedule because she does not sleep. This lady, her phone is always ringing. She's (laughs) always working. She's always on call. I see herself as putting some boundaries and making sure she takes some time off for herself. We don't even see this lady, you know, getting her nails done, getting a massage, putting some boundaries and understanding the value of self-care. That would be important for sure. Okay.
0: And what do you think about in terms of her relationship? I mean, we've talked about the relationship with Fitz, but there have been other um, romantic interests, you know, namely Jake. So that was the other right. um, significant right. romantic relationship she's had. Um, but what do you think her relationships um, romantically might look like after participating in therapy?
1: I do feel that she would be open to it because having a relationship with, with Fitz fits her character because This is a man that she could not go public. Right. When you when you are in an open relationship and there's trust, there's communication, you're open to it. Right. You're saying to society that you're in love and when you are in love or when you love, you are vulnerable. Right. You are compassion. And so these are some of the characteristics we don't really see in her right? And if we do see it, it's not really being highlighted. So it fits her character to have this relationship with Fitz because it's, it's hidden. She doesn't mm-hmm. have to be open to it. So to make sure that it's okay to feel this way and it's okay to show these feelings, it's okay to be public about your relationship. I do. I would see that being an outcome uh, when it comes to dealing with a relationship after, after therapy. Mm-hmm.
0: So something you mentioned a couple of times, Leslie, is um, her difficulty kind of being open and being vulnerable. And I would imagine that a lot of our listeners also struggle with that. But to also think about it in terms of like not wanting to be open and vulnerable, because what does that mean in terms of my ability to have the kind of career that I want? Because I think that in some ways, which again, we see a lot, is that some of these things that probably we would want to work on in therapy there does tend to be like a positive benefit to it right so the the fact that she is so kind of controlled um and sometimes void of emotion i think leads to her being able to be a good leader and good in her position right yeah. So I, I would wonder, you know, if that would even be a concern for her or other women kind of going to therapy thinking, oh, well, if I go to therapy and work on this thing, then I won't be able to be as powerful as a leader or businesswoman as I am.
1: Right. So with her, there there's things, there are a lot of strengths, right? She con- She continues to be powerful. She is successful. She is intelligent. But it wouldn't be. The, the focus is not so much of her business. It's how it's going to affect her her health, you know, her well-being, her mindset. And because that just how you mention it, that is always primary is the work. But if I, you know, if I do this or if I change this, I won't be successful at work. So it's always being put on a, in, in, in a primary focus, being that primary focus. And that's another example of not putting yourself first. And if you don't do that, it will affect your business because it will affect you eventually. So that's one way to look at it.
0: Got you. Okay. Mm -hmm. So what um, do you have any tips for any of our listeners who may be struggling with similar challenges to live?
1: I would definitely say don't be scared to ask for help. Right. There are therapists like yourself, myself, and we I know I see a lot of women who are struggle with these issues and don't be afraid to ask, ask for help. And I know that you have, Dr. Joy, you have a great listing of therapists. I, I believe it's still is still posted on your site. Right. Therapy it is for black girls where there's a list of therapists nationwide. So not being afraid to ask for help. Um, Maybe being open to get involved in a positive and in a women's support group, which is not only about work, to talk about people's feelings and to see how other women cope with similar feelings as well. So that would be another tip as well. And create, create like a a mental wealth plan. I say mental wealth because it's to to build a wealthy mindset where it's about your well-being, it's about your self-care. And so many women that I see are in leadership or want to open their entrepreneur, want to be an entrepreneur and and have their own business. And so a business plan is always on their mind and how to look at it and modify it. But how how can that be supplemented by adding a plan to take care of yourself as well. So I like to incorporate that with some of the clients I see as well.
0: I really like that, Leslie, you know, especially for entrepreneurs, like you mentioned, who are always thinking about like a business plan, right? Like, this is what I need for my business to succeed. But what would that look like if we talked about it in terms of mental health and mental wealth? Like you mentioned, I really like that.
1: Thank you. Thank you. You it, It helps. And they're very open to it as well, because it's always business, right? It's always business. So, if I can be creative when it comes to talking about their their wellness in a way that it can be interpreted as a business, they tend to be more receptive towards it.
0: <laughs> right, right. Yeah. You're kind of speaking their language.
1: That's right. That's right.
0: <laughs> so, do you have any resources that you would suggest for maybe dealing with trauma or relationship concerns? Um like we've talked about any books or blogs, websites or things that you would recommend to our audience?
1: hmm. There's one book that I like to recommend. It's by Dr. Brene Brown, and it's the gift of imperfections.
0: Mm-hmm. So just
1: really embracing who you are and making sure that you don't have to be perfect in everything you do. Just be authentic. So that book is very is very helpful as well. And there are certain worksheets that I give out and people can you know, they can do their own a graph or doing journaling and just rating their their level of stress from from zero to ten, how their level of stress is, and monitor it throughout the day. So there is a workbook called Mind Over Mood. I forget who the author is. I can definitely share that with you if you wanted to share it on the on the notes in the in the future. And also some of the apps. There is an app called Calm, meditation apps as well mm-hmm. on the phone where you could just, it'll remind you to take time to do some deep breathing, to do some meditation as well. So, and the last thing I do, and I do this a lot in my sessions, is the deep breathing and use lavender oil. Mm. While we do the deep breathing, we'll use the lavender. So it helps soothe and just, it's a very calming effect. So we do that towards the end of the session, just to, you know, just to relax and put them on, on a stable, um, level before
0: the session ends. Gotcha. That definitely sounds yeah. very calming. I feel much yeah. calmer just hearing you describe <laughs> it.
1: <laughs> it does. It helps me as well, believe it or not. So it does yeah. help me as well. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely.
0: So where can our listeners find more information about you um, and your work? And can you share with us your social media handles?
1: Sure, sure. So my social media handle is Counseling Space and all social media handle. My website is www.counselingpc.com. And my email address is info at counselingpc.com. So my practice is called Counseling Space.
0: Perfect. And again, yeah. all of that will be included in the show notes. So you will have easy access to everything related to Leslie.
1: Great. Great.
0: Well, thank you so much for chatting with me today, Leslie. I really, really appreciate it.
1: Thank you, Dr. Joy. I had a lot of fun. Thank you for Perfect. having me. I really <laughs> You're did.
0: welcome. You're thank welcome. Thank you so much. So as you can see, Leslie and I had a great time talking about all the things that we might talk about with Olivia Pope if she was one of our clients. Now, there definitely are a variety of other things that we could get into since there is so much typically going on with the character, Olivia Pope. But of course, there's not time for all of that on one episode. So you have to stay tuned. Maybe we'll have a part two of this session with Olivia Pope. So please share with us your feedback about the episode. Let us know what you thought. Make sure to use the hashtag TVG in session. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Therapy for Black Girls, and you can find us on Twitter at Therapy for the number four B-Girls. If you have any questions that you'd like feedback about, make sure to send those over to podcast at therapyforblackgirls.com. And if you're in the Atlanta area and looking for a group therapy to participate in, make sure to check out the website at therapyforblackgirls.com backslash shift. S-H-I-F-T. I'm looking forward to continuing this conversation with you all real soon. Take good care.